Thank you for listening to International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. If you are in the greater Boston area and are wanting to grow in your walk with God, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information about our service times. We believe that everyone is significant and that God designed you with a purpose. One of the ways you can discover that purpose is by serving on a dream team. A dream team is what we call our volunteer teams at IFC. Whether you're currently on a dream team or are interested in using your gifts and talents to make a difference, come join us for team night on October 19th. It's going to be a great opportunity to connect with other dream team members and hear vision directly from our pastors. You can find more information about this and other events at intlfamilychurch.com. Now here's Pastor Jonathan with part two of our current series, Hashtag Blessed. So you ready for God's word today? Come on, let's pray. Let's believe God together. Father, thank you that you are a good, good father. Thank you that we know we are loved by you, and we are grateful for that today. We thank you, Father God, that what we're about to hear, we believe will transform our lives. We believe, God, for freedom and liberty in this place, because that's your heart. And we are a life-giving church, and we want to see people free. We want to see people become better. We want to see people walking in the center of the center of God's will. And we believe, Father God, that today is another step towards this fresh new life and change and transformation in all of our lives today. We'll be so careful, as always, to give you all the honor, all the glory and praise, because you're the only one that's worthy of it all. And all of God's people said... Amen. Welcome today. This is part two in our seven-part series entitled Hashtag Blessed. I want to encourage you, if you weren't here last week, to go online, intlfamilychurch.com. Go to the media section. All the messages there are archived. You need to get part one. It really is the foundation being laid, the introduction of this very important series. Last week, we identified two very important words that you need to understand so that you can get the best and most out of this series, words that I believe open up our eyes so that we can see the life-changing effects that this series can have on our lives. The first word is a word we're all way too familiar with, and that's the word poverty. We define poverty as a spirit that keeps a person bound to lack and not enough. It's usually accompanied by feelings of hopelessness, anger, and victimization. All of us can relate to, for the most part, these feelings of hopelessness, these feelings of anger and victimization. I told you several stories of, of how Ver and I had to deal with the spirit of poverty on our lives. And we felt all three of those, no doubt. And it just seemed to get worse. It didn't get better. And it didn't, we didn't understand until we understood the first part of this definition that poverty is a spirit. It's not just, oh, well, I grew up poor, or, well, I, you know, it's just one of those things. It's an actual spirit that keeps people bound. And the good news is we have authority over that spirit. Amen. Amen. And we are walking in the freedom of that, and we'll say more about that. And then we give you a second very important word that's the very opposite of this word that is the perfect will of God for all of us, and that's the word blessed. Don't you love this definition? Ongoing increase, possessing more than enough for you and the ability to give to others. That is God's perfect will. And, and both of these words, Laura, can be so far from each other. And you can think because of poverty on your life or poverty and, uh, that's generational, you might think I'm so far from this place. I, how am I ever going to get to this place? Well, the good news is God has a plan. Amen. 
The good news is God has a way. Amen. And while it's true that many of us have not enough, or a greater majority of us live in that muddy middle of just enough, just enough for you and your family and no more, God wants us to understand His will for you is more than enough. Because when you have more than enough, you have enough for you and enough to be a blessing to other people. That's God's purpose for his blessing. That's God's purpose is for us to have all that we need, amen, and have enough to be a blessing to others. We told you that last week we, it was time for us to declare war against not enough and just enough. Amen. Declare war against that. We're done with that. We kick all that to the curb. Man, we're finished with that victimization. We're finished with that hopelessness and that anger. Um, we're done with that. And if you don't declare war, stand up, all right, and have the courage to say, I'm drawing the line. I am fed up. Because you know what? It's easy to get lulled to sleep and oh, me, oh, my, and having pity party after pity party and blaming everybody else and blaming your circumstances and blaming your neighborhood and blaming your parents and blaming this person or that person and, and so forth and, and some bad break and always blaming somebody else when in fact it's time for us to stand up and say, I'm doing this God's way. And I'm going to walk in all that God has for me, no matter how it feels or hopeless, whatever I believe that God is going to do this for me. And then we said one last thing from last week that I thought was important that we're going to continue to unpack today. Living blessed does not begin with more money in your pocket. It begins with more word in your heart. That transformed our lives. I thought what I needed as the head of my household to provide for my family and for my wife and for kid, my children was the fact that we just needed more money. More money would make it right. More money would help. And we get it, understanding that more money would definitely help. But the more money I got, it seems like I had all these holes in my pocket and I lost it all. It didn't meet the need, the overall big need that I had because of what? I didn't have the word of God in my heart. And so... We're going to understand this a little bit more today because I believe it's going to be a great blessing to us. Amen. Now, I want you to understand something today. Last week we talked about God's plan. Today we're going to talk about the world's plan. I want to show you the big difference between what we presented to you last week, what God's word has to say and God's will, and the struggle and the tension between God's plan and the world's plan. And many of you don't realize that you are, you are under the world's plan and don't even realize what that means. And I'm going to expose some things today. I believe we're going to catch the thief in some areas. I believe it's going to help. Some of you maybe have never heard a message like this. Other of you need to hear it again so you can be reminded of it because it's important to us. And I believe with all my heart, say it right up front, the devil does not want you to hear this message today. I know, I could say that every Sunday, right? He doesn't want us hearing the Word of God, especially when it comes forth with anointing and, and the purpose of it is for freedom and not to hurt or judge. And especially, he hates the fact when God's Word gets in the heart of hungry people because it changes their lives. How many of you have been changed by God's Word getting in your heart? Oh, absolutely. Every one of us has. But all the more so, this message today is something He does not want you to hear. Here's our big takeaway. Here's the one main point I want you to go home with. I want you to remember this past lunch. See if we can do this. Amen? So here's the one main 
point I want to unpack today. It is not how much we have that matters. It's whose is it? It's whose is it? Now, in less politically correct times, before all things that were remotely Christian was purged from our Christian schools, there is a required poem that was read by most high school students, including me, and it was John Milton's epic poem, Paradise Lost. Some of you might have read it. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. But nonetheless, it was a reality, and I remember it. And it's, it's a very interesting because in this poem, um, it paints a very clear, detailed portrait of hell. Milton showed Satan as a fallen commander surrounded by his demon generals. Among them was Moloch and Dagon and Astarte and Oryserus and Belial. And he goes on to describe not only these, these demon generals that were there, but there was one main general that stood at his right side, and his name was Mammon. Mammon. Some of you have heard that name before. If you ever a reader of the Bible or understand the Bible, you've read that word in the Bible. These demons that John Milton talks about are also listed in God's word, and they were idols that were worshipped by ancient uh, civilizations. And so we find out some things here that it's a New Testament word. It's a word I want you to understand today. It's a word that if you're going to walk in the blessings of God, you need to understand this word. You need to listen carefully today because we're going to uncover, I believe, a satanic plot and I'm not one of these conspiracy theorists, okay? But, but the truth remains that we're going to show you something from God's Word today that I believe the light bulbs will go off and you'll say, oh, that's why we're struggling as much as we are. That's why it's as challenging as it is. That's why it is a constant battle, making sure that we truly have a mind renewed to the blessing of God and make us even more aware of God's will for our lives. So Matthew chapter 6 Jesus declares this in verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one or love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. There's that word again. After reading this verse, you can see why Milton would lump a demon named mammon into these Old Testament uh, idols, Jesus clearly suggests something here that's very real, that it's possible to serve mammon instead of serving God. It's possible. And he goes even further. Jesus states it's impossible to serve both at the same time. You will serve one or the other. When it comes to your money, your money always, you need to know, money has a spirit on it. There's only one or two spirits on your money. It's either money that's been dedicated to God and belongs to the Spirit of God, or money that you are doing your own thing with, and it has the spirit of mammon on it. He says that you will love one or hate the other. You'll be loyal to one or, or despise the other. And, and according to Jesus, there's no middle ground here. There's no half and half. Mammon apparently is a very jealous God. 
Jesus certainly makes a striking contrast between the spirit of God and the spirit of mammon. So what is mammon? Well, mammon originally comes from a, an Aramaic word, and it literally means riches. And apparently the Assyrians got the concept of a god of wealth from their neighbors, the Babylonians. Now you maybe would know the Babylonians are the ones who were full of arrogance and pride and self-sufficiency, and they built, in Genesis 11, they built this tower called the Tower of Babel, right, in search of God. So that's the Babylonians. And that's where this concept of a wealth, a god of wealth, originated from. And at the heart of mammon, listen very carefully, at the heart of mammon is an attitude that says, you don't need God. Be self-sufficient. Trust in riches. Man, we've heard that before. And in the biblical sense, the word mammon is actually the spirit that rests on money. It's either the spirit of God that rests on your money or the spirit of mammon that rests on your money. Money that's submitted to God for his purposes, has the Spirit of God on it, and that's why it can multiply, and that's why the devourer cannot consume it. I'm convinced that money that is submitted to God, wealth that is devoted to serving God rather than replacing God, is blessed by God. And in a very real sense, God's Spirit blesses it. On the other hand, money that's not submitted to God has the spirit of mammon on it by default. By default. There's only one or two spirits, as I said, that, that can be on our money. It is either the spirit of God or the spirit of mammon. And the good news is it's our choice. The good news is we make the decision. The good news, maybe you didn't know that, but you have the right to make a decision on what spirit's going to be on your money. Right, it's our choices, it's our lifestyle. It's what we're gonna be describing today that helps us understand this is not something that a force that overtakes you without any consult any 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 way for you to, to do otherwise. The good news is, thank God, we have that choice. That's why Jesus said, You cannot serve God or mammon. You you cannot serve God and mammon. It's one or the other. Mammon wants to rule. The spirit of mammon looks for servants. It's seeking worshipers. It promises you everything and delivers nothing. And as Jesus clearly suggests, mammon tries to take the place of God. Here's what Pastor Jimmy Evans, so profound, senior pastor of, of Trinity Fellowship Church in Amarillo, Texas, he says this about mammon. This is so powerful. Mammon promises us things that only God can give. Security, significance, identity, independence, power, and freedom. Mammon tells us it can insulate us from life's problems in that money is the answer to every situation. Wow, that's the spirit of mammon. And no wonder why Jesus tells us you can't serve both at the same time. You're either going to serve God or you're going to serve mammon. Why? Because the spirit of mammon stands in direct opposition to the spirit of mammon. Amen. Now, now don't get me wrong. Money and mammon are not synonymous. I know there's a difference and a very big difference. Money is not inherently evil. 
And one of the most um, misunderstood, misquoted verses of Scripture is found in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 19. I'm sure you've read it before. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Ever heard that? Yes. Ever hear somebody say, you know, money's evil? Ever hear somebody say that? Maybe a preacher on television or on the radio and, and, and somebody is always saying, you know, that money is the root of all evil. And that's not what the verse says. The Bible doesn't say that money is the root of all kinds of evil. It says that the love of money or the worship of money is the root of all kinds of evils. In other words, greed, covetousness, selfishness are all manifestations of the spirit of mammon. Amen. And the reason we cannot serve God and mammon at the same time is because mammon is the opposite of the Spirit of God. Mammon says, take. And God says, give. Mammon is selfish. God is generous. Mammon says to cheat and steal. God says to give and receive. Mammon always lies. God is truth. Amen. See, Mammon says, if you have the right credit cards and wear the right clothes and live in the right neighborhood and drive the right car and have the right friends, then your life will be happy and fulfilled. You'll have it all together. You'll, you'll live the American dream. Life will be good when you have all the right things working for you. Mammon tells you that if you had more money, people would listen to you. If you had more money, your relationship problems would go away. If you had more money, life would be so sweet. You can do what you want and go where you want and, 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 and be the, live the way you want. And it goes on and on telling us, understanding that Jesus never said, that Jesus never told you that money, more money, will answer all your situations and circumstances. But it says money is not the answer to problems. God is. God is. God is. Well, your wife keeps telling you, well, honey, if you just made more money, we wouldn't be in strife so much. We wouldn't be arguing over all these bills so much. If we just had more money, we could do more things for our kids, and our kids wouldn't complain that they can't do the stuff their friends do. If we just had more money, we could live in a better neighborhood. If we just had more money, we could get our hearts, we can get out of this mess that we're in. If we just had more money, we could have more fun. If we just had more money, life would be sweeter and more fulfilling. And we, we go down the list, and I get it when you don't have enough of it, that you say more of it would make a difference. I get how you can very easily creep into that lie, very easily live that and think that that's actually the truth, when in fact it's not the truth. Amen. Because you know so many people, or you've read and told, told, heard stories of people that have more than enough money. They can't spend it all, right? And they're so unhappy. And they're on their fourth marriage. And, and, and their kids hate them, right? Isn't that true? So it doesn't tell us, that doesn't mean that money is bad. It's just what spirit is on your money. It means who are we worshiping? And who is the God that we serve? Amen. The God of mammon, the God of money, or God himself. See, when we start thinking that most of our problems can be, say, can be solved with having more money, it's a sign that we're under the spirit of mammon. Don't misunderstand me. Jesus is not telling us to hate money. Not at all. No, he is saying that if we love God, we will hate mammon. The greedy, selfish, lying, deceiving spirit that operates through money worship. 
And there's a longer passage in the Bible where Jesus talks about choosing between God and mammon here found in Luke 16, verse 9. And I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon that when you fail, they may receive you into, into an everlasting home. I'll explain that in a moment. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in... I didn't finish. <laughs> Thank you for being right on it. But wait for me. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also, boom, in much. <laughs> Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you your to your trust, the true riches. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Wow. Here Jesus calls mammon unrighteous. But notice he wasn't calling money unrighteous. Money and mammon are not synonymous. Jesus is calling the spirit that can rest on money unrighteous. Money can be used for either unrighteous causes or righteous causes. It can be used for temporal or eternal purposes. Money that's been submitted to God as opposed to money used in attempt to replace him is blessed. And that's why Money multiplies and is not consumed by the devourer. It's money that can be used for the good to bless others. Amen. Amen. Listen very carefully. What else does this passage say? This passage is telling us that, that if we can, we can use money, and we should use money for eternal purposes. Amen. What about what is in our lives that's eternal? Tell me. People. People are those things. You've never seen a hearse with a U-Haul behind it. Right? All your stuff's all packed in there. All your toys. All those things you worked hard for. All those things, when the latest thing came out, you bought it. Right? There's not a, a fleet of moving trucks behind the hearse. Those things aren't making it to heaven. Enjoy them now. Right? I enjoy my 60-inch TV. But it's not going to heaven with me, right? I enjoy all my, my toys, but they're not going to heaven with me. You know what's going to heaven? People. People. So the investment of people, the understanding of the value of people, and why we love people as much as we do, and why people should matter to you. Amen. The only lasting thing you'll encounter today are people. The human soul is eternal. And this verse tells us, if I use my money to bring people to Christ, they will welcome me in heaven when I die. Wow. Absolutely. Use your money to affect people. Help them hear the gospel, and they will form part of the welcome committee when you walk into heaven. Oh, glory to God.
I love that, don't you? I believe when you and I get to heaven, heaven's going to be lined with people from Africa, from South America, Central America, come on, Europe, right, um, Asia, Africa. I mean, they're going to be people of every color and tribe. They're going to be on the, 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 the streets of gold, and they're going to say, thank you, IFC. Thank you, IFC, for giving the missions. Thank you, IFC, for building that. Thank you, IFC, for training us. Thank you, IFC, for all those things you gave us to help us. There are going to be neighbors and neighborhoods, and from the neighbors to the nations, they're going to be up there thanking us for our giving, thanking you that you made an investment in somebody's life. You went the extra mile, and you gave to that cause, and you gave to that missionary, and you gave to that mission, and you gave, and you loved, and you rescued and you fed and you did all these things and you loved and you came alongside to say, here's more for you. you. You were that person. And God says, hey, I take notice when you use your money for eternal matters and you will be rewarded in heaven for it. Woo, that's good preaching today. I love that. Amen. Just as Jesus turned water into wine, why can't he turn money into souls? True riches are the souls of men. He's the only one that can transform unrighteous mammon into true riches. Look at Matthew 6, 19. Listen, stay with me. But do not lay up your, for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When you use your money for righteous purposes, and we are laying up treasure in heaven, that's why I want to be a good steward of my money. That's why I want to invest it into people and organizations and churches and missionaries that are making that kind of difference. Absolutely. That's why we should be careful that we, we give to a wide range of things from, from right across the street to a couple communities over, all the way around the world. Are you kidding me? That's why we need to be diverse in our giving and make sure that we spread God's wealth all over the place. And I, I love how Pastor Chris Hodges says it. He says this all the time. He said, social justice without spiritual justice is no justice at all. And he simply means, what good is it to feed them, rescue them, love them, help them, train them, but you don't give them Jesus? You don't put, you could put food in their belly but let their hearts stay empty, that's not justice at all. Amen. Amen. So we need both, don't we? Absolutely. We need every social cause. We, are, we believe in so many causes. Absolutely. I, I believe in every one of them. But we've got to make sure that we're investing in these causes that have eternity on their mind. Amen. Eternity is the key. Are you investing in eternity? Or are you just doing something nice? Are you doing something... That's kind, and nothing wrong with being nice or kind. Am I in the right room? But I want to make sure that I'm investing my money 
in something eternal. There's some eternal value in the rescuing. There's some eternal value in the feeding. There's some eternal value in the building and the growing and the training, praise God. And there's some ultimate purpose. It might not be immediately, but there's an ultimate plan to see their lives come to Christ. Am I in the right room today? Amen. See, that's why I keep emphasizing money is not inherently evil. God uses money to feed and clothe and rescue people, and he uses it to facilitate the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is why the enemy of our, the enemy of our soul hates, amen, this thought. He wants to always corrupt and distort our view of money. You know why? Because he knows every offering we give, every seed we sow is plundering hell. The kingdom of darkness is being destroyed. Amen. The kingdom of light and God's kingdom is being built up. Every time we use our money, every time we tithe and give and be a blessing and, and get involved in some project or from, from, the, from far away to South Lawrence and helping people dealing with all these craziness with all the, the gas explosions. Man, man, everything from one side to another, we are making sure, and Satan hates it when you dedicate your money. If there's anything he's intimidated by is by money used for eternal purposes. He hates it. He hates the person that's blessed. He doesn't want you getting this. He doesn't want you understanding this because when you do, you will kick him to the curb and you will say, you know what? No more. You're not going to lie to me any longer. I'm not going to allow the spirit by default to be on my money. I know it now. I understand it and I'm not going to allow it. I'm not going to participate it anymore in Jesus' name. Ooh, that's good preaching today. I have to say so myself. That's why I stated in the, in the opening today how the devil doesn't want you to hear this message. Amen. Luke 6.10, we said, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. The Bible says, if you'll be faithful with your little, the devil lies to you. You don't have enough. Well, do you have little? Yeah, I barely have little. Then you're a candidate. You're a candidate for much. You're a candidate. You don't have to get a certain amount before you qualify to be blessed. You can take that little that you have and put it in the master's hands. Amen. And, and, and recognize that that little, that's all you need to start a revolution in your household. That's all you need to break the spirit of poverty. That's all you need is to break the spirit of mammon off your money and the attitude off your life that wants to be independent. I get it. As the head of my household, I said, you know, I'm going to work hard. I want to provide for my wife. I'm tired of her suffering and not having what belongs to her. I want my kids to have the best. I, I want to get out of this one-bedroom, uh, dungy, dingy, smelly apartment. Man, I want, a, I, I want a better car. I, I, obviously, we all want those things. And we, we, as men, want to grab a hold of this and say, I can do this myself. I will, I, I, I'm a strong worker. I can do many things. And I'll, I'll, I'll sleep later. I can't sleep now. And I get why we hustle. I get why we work so hard. And yes, God blesses hard work, but hard work without some eternal purpose, hard work without understanding the favor of God, hard work without understanding God's grace and the blessing that's already on you. Man, you're just going to work yourself to the bone, die early, and never enjoy your family. Is that God's will for your life? Absolutely not. Does God want you to work hard? Absolutely. And that's why all the more we dedicate our money to God. God is looking for people he can entrust with much. He knows that if you're unjust with your little, you'll be unjust with your much. 
He knows if you cheat with your little, you'll cheat with your much. You won't change when you get much, right? That's why we dedicate our little to God, and we understand this principle so then when much comes and much will, you're not tempted to say, oh, that's too much. <laughs> yeah, that's $5. I, I, I could handle that. Ooh, I stretched myself and got to the $20 level. Man, this $100 level, this 1000 level, these thousands level, I don't know about that. Amen. That's why we got to understand how blessed we really are. Amen. What I'm, what I'm trying to help us see is that it's not how much you have that matters. It's whose it is. Amen. It's not mine. It's his. It belongs to God. Because it belongs to God, I want to make sure I'm doing this right. Now, how do we know where our heart is? What are some ways that we can reveal in closing today actually where my heart is? Is there some kind of evaluation? Is there something that I can evaluate and help me evaluate where my heart is? Well, yeah. Here's four questions, and I want to remind you ahead of time. Take a picture of this. Uh, write it down. These are very important questions that you should ask yourself and help others who are going through financial struggles. Ask them these questions because they're very revealing. Am I looking to God or to people to meet my needs? See, there was a time I was, looking to, I was looking to man. I was looking to my boss. I was looking for the place that I worked at. My boss met my need. My boss was in control. He was the one who promoted me. He was the one who can give me more money. Um, looking to family. Looking to people that owed me and people that should give to me because they had so much more. Am I looking to God or to people to meet my needs? And that's very revealing. Do I believe working harder and, and more money is the answer to my problems? We've been talking about that. Third question. Do I think I worked hard for my money and the thought of turning it over to God frightens and or angers me? Oh, yeah. What? I worked hard for this money. Give it to who? I don't trust those preachers. I don't trust church, right? Been there, done that? Am I in the right room? Yes. Do I blame others for my circumstances? If I just wasn't born to this house, if I had better parents, or if I was in a better neighborhood, or I had a better education, or, or, or if, I, if, I had, if I didn't get that bad break, if, I, if that person didn't do me wrong, or that person didn't cheat me or rip me off. So all these questions are very revealing because it's not what, how much you have that matters, it's whose is it. These are warning signs. Amen. Living blessed does not mean more money in your pocket. What? It means having more word in your heart. Now, if you're not susceptible, listen very carefully, if you're not susceptible to the spirit of poverty, the devil will make sure he'll take you to the other extreme and make you susceptible to the spirit of pride. Maybe poverty is not your issue. Maybe pride is your issue. Amen. He said, I've earned this. Man, I worked hard for this. Uh, the ingenuity and talent that made this happen, hello, I, I went to school, I, I worked hard, I, I went online, I learned from the best, and I worked hard for this, and, and, and I, I'm proud of the blessings that I've earned. These are mine. Pride says, I earned it. Poverty says, I don't have enough of it. But gratitude says, I received it by grace. That's where we need to get to. 
That's the purpose of this series, where pride is not telling us this is mine and nobody should tell me what to do with it. And, and poverty is not saying I don't have enough and I go around feeling sorry for myself. But the good news is a grateful heart says I received it by grace. It's God's favor on my life. Amen. These spirits work from opposite ends of the spectrum. They'll get you, what, focused on stuff rather than God. We welcome, it becomes centered on the blessing rather than the blesser. Amen. Amen. The key to resisting the spirit of mammon and the spirits that go along with it, pride and poverty, is to remember, be grateful. Amen. Remember, be grateful, and always be generous. Amen. There's those three things. Remember, be grateful, and always be generous. Remember what? Remember, man, Jesus set you free. You were bound by sin, right? You didn't have, you were living for yourself and nothing was working. We got to remember where we came from. Remember what Jesus did for us. Remember his goodness and his faithfulness. Amen. And then be grateful with a grateful heart. I'm so thankful, even though I know where I am is temporary, but I'm grateful, Lord, that I'm alive, and I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head, and I'm grateful, well, this car might, you know, blow up any minute. I'm grateful I've got one, right? And, and this grateful heart, and then always be generous, even with your little. We can be generous with our words, and generous with our lives, and generous with our attitude, and be generous with all these things, and now this makes sense. You know, I've never met a person who gives a dime on every dollar their tithe, and also dealt with the spirit of mammon. You can't find one. Somebody who really gets tithing. Someone who really gets the privilege of giving offerings. Someone who really understands the power of generosity. Amen. I'm telling you, you, there, you, you won't find a greedy one in their bunch. You just find grateful people to say, I get it. I get how good God has been. And the least I can do is, is return back to him a dime on every dollar. Because when I, when I give him a dime on every dollar, that's the, the 90% that I've worked as much as the whole 100%, that 90% is going to go farther, faster, do more for God, because the spirit of God is on that money and not the spirit of mammon. Now, we'll say more about that in weeks to come, but that is good preaching today. Amen. Remember our big takeaway. Remember where we started. It is not how much we have that matters. It's whose is it? Who has your money? Who has your money? Make sure you can really answer it with clarity. Answer it and say, Lord, forgive me. I, I didn't know. Or I got lazy. Or I, I've gotten afraid or angry or upset or, or just overwhelmed by life. We have to answer that question today. Here's... Here's the good news for me anyways. I minister this word today, and guess what? It's off me. And it's on you. It's off me, right? I obeyed God. I got it off what's in my heart today, as difficult as it may be with some of you to receive it or understand it today, but the good news is I'm free. Can you tell by the smile on my face? I obeyed God today. And we'll do it one more service. Well, I'm not quite done. We'll do it in the third service. Amen. Amen. But I'm free, and it's on you. What will you now do with the word you heard? Amen. I believe you're going to make a wise choice. 
I believe you're going to declare war against not enough and just enough. Yes. You're going to stand against that spirit of poverty. Yes. You're going to believe God for that blessed more than enough life. Amen. You're going to make sure your money is targeted even more so where you sow, where you give, where you bless. Amen. Um, and, and so forth. It doesn't mean you can't be kind to someone or kind to some organization, but it means that you are even more focused on the fact that you want to make sure that the majority of your giving, man, has eternity-minded and is eternity-directed for God's honor and for His glory. Amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Hope you learned something today. Come on, raise those hands towards heaven today. I'm grateful for the truth of His Word today. I'm grateful for the magnitude of what this Word represents. I'm grateful that good people like yourselves, here in the room and watching online, listened intently today, took notes, got it in your heart, took it seriously. So this Word can transform your life. This series is all about transformation, freedom, being a blessing to your family, to your church, to your world, for God's honor and glory. Oh, Father, we bless you today with our hands raised. Forgive us where we've been lazy. Forgive us, Father God. I, I didn't know. I... Now I know. Now I'm held accountable for the truth that I've heard today. I want to understand it so that I can make wise choices. And I yield myself and dedicate myself, Lord God, to your plan, to your purpose. Thank you that you want me blessed. I believe it with all my heart. And thank you, Father God, that I'll make steps towards doing this God's way and not the world's way. In Jesus' name. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. every head bowed please before I ask you if Jesus lives in your heart today I I want to make sure that with your eyes are closed that I take authority today over a spirit of poverty that spirit that tries to victimize you keep you hopeless angry resentful I want to come against that spirit today and if that applies to you if you find yourself in not enough or just enough Man, let's believe God together. Let's release our faith as individuals, as a body of believers today, and say enough is enough. That we take authority over that spirit of poverty today. We take authority over that spirit of mammon today. Let's just agree in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
you don't have to repeat this because it'll take too long. Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over the spirit of uh, the spirit of poverty in Jesus' name. I declare right now, Father God, that you are the God of victory, the God that blesses, the God of favor, the God of much, the God of more than enough. And you're forming this vision and this picture on the inside of us that we hunger and thirst for more of your plan and for your purpose. And right now we take authority over that spirit that would keep us bound to lack, that spirit that is generational, that spirit that keeps us bound to complaining and having pity parties and feeling hopeless and victimized and anger. I take authority over that spirit and I say be free from that spirit. I bind that spirit. I take authority over that spirit and I declare be free in the name of Jesus. Be free to honor God with your money. I take authority over that lie that says I'm in charge of my money. I tell it what to do. I want to do what I want to do. I come authority, take authority over that spirit of mammon, that pride and that poverty that says it's mine. I'll do what I want with it and set us free to think God's thoughts. Set us free to see what God's word declares. Set us free, Father God, to understand the truth that will come in these weeks to come, that you will do a mighty work of victory and liberty on the inside of us. We declare that we are free today from the spirit of poverty and the spirit of mammon, free to obey God and free to trust you and free to grow and free to learn and free, Father God, to walk in your highest and best. We believe that in the name of Jesus. If you agree with that, say a big amen today. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. With every head bowed, please. Pastor Tom's going to come and close the service in just a moment. I want to make sure Jesus lives in your heart today. I want to make sure he's Lord. He's ruling over your heart and over your life today. The best way to walk in liberty and freedom is to make sure Jesus lives in you. Heaven is your home. Your sins are forgiven. And you understand, man, you're blessed because of who belong, who you belong to and who lives on the inside of you today. Yeah. Say, Pastor, pray for me, please. I need Jesus. I want to ask you in a moment to raise your hand, not to embarrass you or not to even ask you to come forward. I want you to make a decision by that upraised hand. That's me, man. I, I'm, I'm doing it today. I, I'm intentional in saying yes to the Spirit of God today. I need Jesus. Pray for me, Pastor. If that's you, will you raise your hand nice and high, please? I want to know who you are. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Wow. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you all over here. Yeah, I should say all the way in the back. See it. God bless you. Over here on the side. God bless you. Thank you. Wow. Imagine that. Talking about money and people giving their lives to Jesus. <laughs> man, we had about eight or ten hands go up in the first service. What a blessing today. People realizing, man, that's what I need. It's my turn now. It's my time. Anybody else say, Pastor, pray for me, please. I'm ready. I've never, ever given my life to Jesus, but today is my day. Step towards freedom and liberty and a new beginning. Anybody else like that today? Raise it up high. Thank you, Father. Amen. Come on, pray this prayer with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm done doing this my way. I'm doing it your way. I ask you to forgive me for my sin. I denounce my past. I want to live for you, Jesus. I declare you as my Lord and Savior. 
and I receive by faith, I receive by faith forgiveness, forgiveness salvation, salvation and, eternal and eternal life I will never be the same, be the same. in Jesus name Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Have a great afternoon. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with International Family Church at intlfamilychurch.com or follow us on Instagram. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and to help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do this is simply by sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.